0: As much as we want to think that our excitement to date and having fun will last forever, that our happy relationships will stay happy, the evidence unfortunately tends to point otherwise, especially as we get older and experience hurt and relationships and all that kind of stuff. But our low satisfaction, the faded outcomes for all relationships, I mean, What can you do to safeguard your own relationship so that it thrives not just in the short run, but well beyond? I mean, can you defy the odds? All right, here's the bad news. I know I usually start with good news, but I'm going to start with the bad news. Bad news is that most couples experience a decline in satisfaction and there is a high burnout rate when you have a succession of bad dates. I mean, dating messy, right? We all know this. It's laborsome, it's worrisome, and it's easy to get sucked into a negative tailspin and go down the road to victimville and think that you have it the worst and that you will never find the one. And it's this ultimate ride, and most of us have, and we face it at some point and we have to have the courage to do it. Otherwise, we're just standing still. And you're probably wondering why I'm being all you know gloom and doom. It's not like me, but there is a method to my madness and what I want to share with you today and start out with. Um, actually, I want to share with you an inspiration story and you'll see where I'm going with this. Uh, there is someone who has beat the odds that I recently worked with and she did find love and it's it was a successful woman I worked with in her late 60s, who lived in a very remote area with a very small population in Montana. There weren't really many singles, let alone eligible bachelors for miles, as far as her eyes could see, especially in her age group. And her big home was nestled in a large open field with no civilization around her. Now, needless to say, the odds were against her. And she tried everything. I mean, she tried the apps and she would be matched with men really far away. She traveled off into Vegas, but it was difficult to attract anything sustainable being a part-time visitor in a really transient city. On top of that, she had a succession of toxic relationships and attracted men who would use her for her money. And she called, when she called me, she had just about given up. And she barely had the courage to continue dating, but it started with her phone call to me. And so instead of falling victim to her circumstance, I worked on empowering her with confidence and a plan. See, first and foremost, she really had to shift the way she thought of herself and see her own value because it really was stemming from her. I mean, her situation was what she thought was the reason why she was single, but it really stemmed from her and helping her raise her charisma quotient by, of course, working on her style intelligence. And so we bought her sexier clothes so she could see herself as a sexy woman, giving her the tools to express herself. And what I did is really help her express her needs, find her voice because so much of it, she was putting attention onto the men and then giving her more flirty techniques. Of course, you knew that I was going to do that. And then once she started seeing her own value, she was ready to launch. She was ready to launch and work on a dating plan. So we mapped out different ways to meet the men and It was men that were her caliber. She didn't think that she could find somebody, quote unquote, of her caliber and ones that she deserved now that she knew that, you know, she deserved this. She ended up dating up a storm and then she met this amazing guy. And at the end of our coaching together, she was so happy, not just with the guy, but with her courage to be a leader in her own love life, to make it all happen. So somewhere you have to have the courage. You have to have the courage and take a stand against the odds and be a leader in your own love life. But how? Well, I can't tell you all of it. And I really am excited about this guest today. With me on the line is an incredible guy who is going to inspire you and talk about courage and defying the odds in any situation. He should know because he should have been dead at least three times, and yet he has defied the odds medically since birth through a severe fire accident, liver failure, and a transplant in 2017. Trigger, as he's commonly known, has enjoyed 25 years as a sports broadcaster, talk show host, and now keynote speaker. He also hosts a YouTube channel, helping leaders and communicators achieve their dreams and goals. Welcome Rich. Well, Rich, should I call you Rich or Trigger?
1: Usually default to Trigger after a while, Kim. That's just kind of where it always goes, but you can call me either or, and it's great to finally be with you after all of our attempts at this.
0: I know, I know. Well, I always say we're supposed to connect when, when we connect, right? Yeah. And so I, I love it. And I, I love your story. And actually, right before we hopped on, I just learned something else about you. I mean, you're, you're so inspirational. And that's where I want to start, like just kind of your story. Because just when you think you have it bad, when you listen to what you've been through and where you are now, it just, it gives everyone, I think, a perspective.
1: Yeah, really uh, uh, defying the odds have been my entire life uh, and uh, helping people learn how to defy the odds has been part of my whole life career. I just didn't know uh, that was really my message, but it was always a part of me. Um, the other thing I do not have in that bio, which you did marvelous with, by the way, is I grew up with a horrible stutter. So when you talk about relationship, you talk about dating. I was that guy that stunk at this because the worst thing for a stutterer was introducing yourself to a gal that you wanted to go out with. Um, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So I'm a professional speaker that stutters or that she dead <laughs> three times. How's that?
0: <laughs> Bam. And there you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait. So, okay. So we'll keep going with your story because I have so many questions. Yeah. But. Yeah.
1: yes. No. So, um, Really, uh, at birth, the doctors told my parents I would die. Uh, A week after being in the hospital as an infant, they said, take your child home. He will die. I was born with a disease that, back in 1965. Every child that was born with a head died. I was the first recorded one that did not die. Um, And here I am years later. Uh, With that, though, I have bad eyes. I am deaf in my left ear. Uh, I probably got part of my stutter stutter from that as well. By the age of 10, I was in a severe fire accident. I probably should be dead or at least blind from Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Growing up, all those years with a horrible stutter. So I was the joke of every child joke you could possibly imagine. And you have a name, Bontrager, which people love to butcher and tease you with. Uh, My self-esteem was not great at all through all the formative years, especially trying to date in high school. And then uh, the last five years of my life has been completely unraveling um, I found out I had liver disease about four and a half years ago. Uh, it was a slow crawl to the finish line, uh, very much near death, extremely close near death. And then, uh, March 25th, 2017, I received a new liver. Someone had to die so that I could live. Mm. Um, and now I moved out to Colorado to reboot my entire life. And I am hiking the mountains on the weekends and, uh, enjoying life new and afresh. Uh, and that's kind of a capsule of the Define the Odds of my life has not been easy, but I believe life is a great adventure. I believe it's lots of fun, like you talk about, Kim. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I I just look forward to every day waking up and uh, seeing what's going to happen next.
0: Wow. I mean, that's just, it's so inspirational. And then you were also sharing like about your dating experiences and then just like your relationship stuff too. How did that all impact that journey.
1: Oh, it was huge because during the decline of my liver disease, I also went through a divorce. So mm-hmm. I actually went through the liver divorce, uh, the liver divorce. The to liver divorce. Them. You know what? <laughs> that's the first time I've ever Friday and that slipped there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, But that's the first time I've gone through the liver disease and I went through it alone. Uh, and the recovery process is excruciating and very in depth. Um, thankfully, I had a good family that wrapped around me. A, a brother let me move in with him. And on the backside of that, Uh, I did begin to date. I began to use the apps and try to get back out there because like you talked about during the intro, um, it's a lot of confidence. It's a lot of that self-value. It's a lot of that yearning to be a value to someone else and find someone of value. Um, And so I believed I was of worth, even though I was putting all the pieces of life literally back together. uh, And that was not easy to do. And now I'm in Colorado and I have a new great love of my life and things are falling into place
0: uh oh, wow you know i i'm I'm just thinking you know you were talking about the confidence it's It's almost like I imagine you in this boxing rink, and every time you were about to get up, you got hit with something else oh yes and yes. then you got hit with something else and, and and when you're so beat up like that, you know no wonder it's it's hard to stand it's hard to have that courage, I guess, if you will. And I, I wondered, so with that kind of beat up confidence that you had with all these things, how, how did it affect your relationships then? Like, was that something that you found was, you know, resonating in, you know, your relationship that ended up in a divorce or?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, there, there are people that have embraced my resilience, um, tenacity, mm-hmm. or uh, stubbornness. Uh, some of them will just say you're too stubborn to die, to go away. Um, mm. Part of it is I do believe life is a great adventure, so I don't want to miss it. And so I believe get back up, go try again. Now, my faith has a lot to do with that, my personal belief system, which I believe someone, you, you really need to have a, first, a personal belief of some kind bigger than yourself to go through life. Uh, you just can't put the pieces back together every day by yourself. So whatever that is for you, people have their own beliefs. But for me, it was very important that I am of value. I am of worth. I have something to offer and give back both to the world and to another person. Um, and so there was a lot of self-talk, self-encouragement. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of long walks on the beach when I lived in Georgia during my recovery time. Um, but it was always that idea that I'm not damaged good. And a lot of time, you begin to feel like you're damaged good when you've gone through those punches and that time being down and trying to get back up and get hit again, you feel like you're too damaged for anybody. Mm -hmm. I actually believed I wasn't too damaged. I just had to go find the right lady uh, and the right people to believe that I wasn't damaged.
0: Wait, did you always think that? Or was there like a pivotal moment when you decided that?
1: Actually, if you go all the way back to my childhood, I did believe I was damaged good. Uh, Even my uh, family members, told me because of my speech impediment, um, you're really never going to be able to have the careers you want. I fell in love with sports broadcasting early, uh, thanks to Harry Carey and Cubs baseball. Uh, But they all said, look, you're never going to do it. My college professor in broadcasting school said, you have a great voice, but no one will hire you because you stutter. Um, Mm. And now we both laugh at it because I've been doing this for 25 years professionally. So part of it was I didn't know how to stop myself from trying. And part of it was that belief that I can. Um, But yeah, there there were definitely little times of, is this ever going to turn around? Can I really get beyond my limitations? Because there are limitations. Let's be honest. Stuttering does affect you. People respond negatively. When you stutter, everyone freaks out. Emotion shuts down. People are awkward. It affects everyone, not just you. Uh, So I had to believe there was a way to get around that. And uh, I found that way.
0: Wow. That is, and I guess the reason why I was asking that, you know, cause I, I definitely do want to talk more about the steps you took to defy those odds and getting there. Cause I think everyone could really learn from that, but But just connecting the dots because I see it so much with myself and clients, you know, throughout history is like when you've had a bunch of punches and your confidence and people telling you you're not good enough, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Dot dot dot. That then you start attracting that, right? And so yeah, yeah, and so I wondered if you know, having that lower confidence, even though you kept pushing through it, there was maybe still deep down that limiting belief that this is all I deserve or, you know, attracting maybe, you know, kind of lopsided relationships or toxic ones. I don't know like how that played out for you.
1: Yeah, no, um, actually there were, there was a couple of defining moments. Um, I can remember going to, through the liver failure. Um, I'm pretty much the energizer bunny. I go, go, go. Mm. Uh, and living in Georgia, my brother allowed me to be there in that decline, and the decline got worse and worse. I went from hiking five miles a day on the beach to less than a quarter of a mile uh, every day. The decline was huge. And we're painting his house and working in his backyard. and Usually I can keep up with him and have a great time. I really got angry one day and just shut down while we're painting the house. And he came alongside and said, "What's up?" And I just let it go. I just let it all come flying out and said, "This is not me." This is not who I want to be. Uh, It's taken me five times longer to do the simple task of painting. And he switched it into high empathy, encouragement, go take a break. Uh, you'll, You'll be fine. So having a couple of key people in your life that believe in you when you don't believe in yourself, Kim, I think is one of those steps. You have to wrap yourself around good people that can see what you hope to see. And they kind of carry it for you until you can pick it back up.
0: And what you put out is usually what you get back. It's like, you know, that mirror.
1: Yes. Oh, Oh, yeah. It is is very much if you're shooting it out, people will take it back in and reflect it and add to it. Yes. It's a snowball effect.
0: Totally, completely. You know, what's so interesting, too, about, you know, starting with the speech impediment is that you made a career. And you're so good at something that you were told you were the worst at. <laughs> like what a reframe, <laughs> you know, like, because I'm just wondering how we can apply that to love life too. Because if you think about like people who keep attracting maybe negative relationships or toxic ones and and have that feeling of not good enough, what motivates you? Like, how can how can people break that pattern? Because not everybody's like you. Let's face it. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I'm just saying you're like extraordinary. I'm just you know, I, in case you didn't know that, you're not like the norm. So, just like for us normal people, how how can you do that?
1: Uh, you're probably going to love this uh, because it was a girlfriend in high school that actually helped me over that hurdle. Uh, we were dating. Uh, and my stutter would kick in and mm. she, 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 she did love me. She did care about me. And I would try to ask her out and do things. And finally, one day I was trying to be Mr. Cool and suave and do all those romantic gestures. And I couldn't get it out. and couldn't come out. And finally she just looked at me and said, I'm not going out with you until you properly ask me out. And I sat there with my tongue tangled up in knots trying to figure out ah. how to get around. It. And finally she goes, you know what? just relax, have fun, because you know what? You know I will go out with you. You just need to relax and have fun with me. And at that moment, it was like the weight was lifted off. And I now, when I stutter, when I speak publicly, I laugh and joke about it. I don't let it be that elephant in the room that makes everything awkward. Yeah. So for people that are dating, whatever it is, whether it's a handicap, a disability, whether it's a speech impediment, whether it's your life history that's a big bag that you carry with you. Uh, I think humor and relaxing and letting it go and not have it be that elephant in the room that you carry into a new dating relationship. And, and instead, put it on the table and say, this is me and I'm okay with me. And she actually gave me that gift of you're okay.
0: That is tremendous. And you know, you know what also And I don't know if you thought of it this way that you're extracting is that you thought that she wouldn't like you or there's no way she would go out with you because of your speech impediment. And you, you were almost using that as the excuse and that was more your fear.
1: Oh, yes that was my fear. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was
0: you, you were leading with what I call your scarlet letter. Like we all have scarlet letters. And sometimes we think that's the reason why people don't love us. But the, the truth of the matter is, is that that, that thing that you had in your mind was all self-induced that she loved you for you or liked you for you. And she didn't want you to change you. She wanted you to just ask her out. <laughs> it wasn't the speech impediment. Right.
1: Right. And, and, and just to add on to that, I think a lot of us in dating and in life, we, we walk into a room and you, and you, we've all met people like this. Yeah. You come in with like a billboard hanging around their neck. Here's my thing. And here's why you won't like me. And the fact is, if you take that thing away and put the billboard attitude away, people will embrace you, but we do, we, we kind of spin it into a negative. So we're always sabotaging what we want to get. I wanted a date. I wanted to have a wonderful, fun time. And I was sabotaging it because I was afraid before I even opened up my mouth that I would blow it. So don't go for the app.
0: That's right. I mean, stripping it down to the core, it was the fear of rejection, really what it was. And so that your speech impediment became a crutch almost, you know, like, like you said, that billboard is is sometimes used as a crutch or an excuse of not moving forward, not having the courage, you know, not being the leader in your, in your life. So, um, I, I, I love that. That's a really cute story. And there's so many kind of like mini golden nuggets that I, you know, that people can kind of draw upon. The other thing too, and I don't, because I often talk about what motivates us, you know, Mm -hmm. because there's external motivation. And then conversely, there might be something intrinsically that we're motivated for just because it makes us feel happy. For you, what motivated you to overcome all these obstacles?
1: You have the real answer or the answer that your audience will like No, no. give it to me raw
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> that's no. what we do here at the charisma quotient yeah the, the,
1: you you know you you were talking about finding that value and that identity. Yes For me, I have this very fantasy uh, mindset. So for me part of it and and a lot of stutters including um Grizz Willis have found that their acting career, taking on another persona, putting on that outfit, that character covers their stutter. He stutters horribly. Julia Roberts stutters horribly. But by becoming somebody else, my somebody else for me was Captain Kirk. I wanted to be Captain Kirk, the cool man with the ladies. And so my attitude was, I wanted to find a way to be that hero, to to be that guy. Um, And so I began to believe that I could. Uh, be that type of a uh, strong character, strong man on a mission um, that people would go, wow, he's got his act together. And so role playing or putting on that attitude was a huge part of shedding the old skin and becoming somebody that I thought was of value. Does that make sense?
0: Bam. And that you are speaking my language. And that's what we talk about here. When I talk about working from the outside in, this is really the crust of, you know, what I truly believe, what you just said. Cause some, you know, it's that whole old adage of, you know, act as if, and you will become. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people will say, oh, well, that's just superficial. That's not really me. That's not, authentic but sometimes you have to see yourself different you have to act different you have to have a model to do things different in order to become it and when then when it goes inward and it becomes you it is the authentic you
1: yes yes and again those 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 attributes of captain kirk was he was brave he had chivalry uh he was a ladies man which was a great thing (laughs) yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, but he also had a moral and an ethic value it was very much it was multicultural. It was, you know, so many things that I wanted to take on that he actually displayed. So as crazy as it sounds, by putting that skin on, it helped yeah. me become truly the person I knew I could be that I wanted to be. Uh, it, it helped me uh, have training wheels to practice it until I could really own it myself.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what I do when I style people. That's why I always start with people's costume because they have to, yeah, kind of embody that character that they want to become. There was a woman that I just recently worked with and she was so cute. We we go into the dressing room and I'm I'm pulling things like, now mind you, she's in her sixties and I'm pulling, you know, really like red tighter tops and kind of, Pleather looking pants and you know th- mm-hmm. these dresses that just were really more form fitted because she had very matronly style. But deep down, when I talked to her, she's like, "I'm I, I want to feel sexy, but I want to like have that permission to be that woman because mm-hmm. she had su- she was suppressing that. So when when we put on her costume, if you will, she, it was amazing. She looked in the mirror and she put her hand over her mouth, like a little girl in the mirror and giggling, you know, and she's like, oh my God, I can't believe that's me. I can't believe that's me. I can't believe that's me. And it was so, it was so cute just to see that shift in the body. And, you know, from there, it was really just, you know, continuing to wear that until she really owned it.
1: Well, and just to tack onto that because I, I coach people on professional speaking and presentations. Yeah Body language, nonverbal communication is far bigger than our verbal communication. Yeah. Uh, and I know that you know this, but you talk on it too, but so the way we dress, the way we walk into a room, the way we own this stage and the stage on a dating life, is that dinner is getting off the app into the real world, that is your stage. So a lot of it is the confidence. Uh, the attire. I've, I've I've found my dress shoes. When I put on my dress shoes, it's magical. They are like the ruby slippers. There's something about <laughs> dress shoes on me that elevate my game. Um, and so helping people find that thing for them, whether it's on stage, publicly speaking, or whether it's in the dating arena, I, I think it's both the same.
0: Do you know that women notice guy's shoes? Like we love that.
1: Really? You know that?
0: Yeah, yeah. No. You think that you know that guys just notice women's heels and sexy shoes and that kind of, I no, we, we notice like we love when guys have these stylish shoes because there's a, there's a confidence and there's this kind of stylish thing that happens. And when you wear something like you just said, it's like, that takes confidence to wear something like that rather than something conservative
1: that blends in. Yeah. Well, and, and, and for the man, it's the swag. Uh, You put on a great watch. I mean, that was another thing. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: You put on a great watch and some great shoes, a little cologne, and it's like you're a whole different person. Uh, And even now, I've learned to use cologne much more than I ever did previously in my life, and it does work. Uh, (laughs) It does. It works for me, (laughs) and it works for them. And it's great to learn these things now that those are part of the costume. That's part of the new attitude, the new Mm. me that gets to go out into the world. Um, So the self-confidence is there, but now the rest of the package needs to come to life.
0: Oh, I love that. Well, and that kind of leads me to my last question is that how can somebody, I mean, you're, you're kind of alluding to that. And I think all these things we're talking about helps people get there, but specifically how can someone have more of a leader mentality and not fall victim to their circumstances?
1: Yeah. uh, I coach leadership. That's my sweet spot. So great question, Kim. Um, You know, A lot of the leadership things that I teach people is um, have a vision for where you want to go. Literally Mm -hmm. picture the unseen. Uh, Visionary leaders like myself, we can see what you do not see. And it's not that we have all the pieces filled in, because honestly, we don't. But we see the end result. We know where we're going to get to. We believe we're going to get there. So anything in between the here and the now is just part of the journey. It's part of the adventure, as I tell people. So Mm -hmm. I'm willing to go on the adventure because I see the end result. So start picturing that end result. Start leading Mm -hmm. in that direction, in that fashion, in that attitude. Um, And like you said, you kind of fake it till you make it sometimes. Yeah. When when you start leading, uh, the gal that I'm dating right now, it said one of the things she likes about me is I'm a confident but soft leader. She said, you're in touch with your feminine side enough to know how to show it but you're confident enough to lead in a place that you will take us someplace. And that's a man's man, but you have a tender side that says, you're not going to blow me away. Um, That's part of the leadership uh, of, you know how to do those things and put those on the table at the right time. But that's something you have to picture. That's something you have to work for. Um, And a lot of it is the dance. I I think a lot of it is experimenting Mm. in between and be okay with the experimenting.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And you know what you said about the leadership qualities that somebody was saying to you—that you have this kind of quiet leadership where it's there's a soft side. It's so important because I work with so many women who are like powerhouses, right? And Mm -hmm. and they are a leader, say, in their business in their industry, but but then they try to bulldoze their way into love too, and that that backfires. So, you know, the word leader sometimes have a connotation of being like strong and independent. And I love that element that you just pulled in is that that's not necessarily what a leader is about. I mean, a leader often sits back and receives and listens and takes in, you know, their environment and people, because a powerful leader will act, actually listen to what somebody is saying, so they have that alignment and they build the trust with people. And that bodes true with relationships and dates.
1: Well, and when it comes to leadership, here's the leadership question I ask everybody: Is yeah, if you're a leader, look behind you. Is anybody mm-hmm. following you? If you're dating somebody, if you're in a relationship, and you think you're the leader, look behind you, because Are they really with you? Because I I talk about leadership Mm -hmm. and dating and with our relationship, is it's a partnership. We're side by side. It's not me in front, it's side by side. Now I might be one step in front of her. When we go hiking, I actually let her lead hiking because she goes at a slower pace. So I'm actually behind her, the catcher, the be with her, but we're going at a pace that's worthy of her. But I've set that tone by me leading out and sliding behind her. So she likes that I've led from letting her lead. But in fact, I'm leading her by letting her be out front. Does that make sense?
0: Oh yeah. I love that. That and that metaphor is beautiful too, just how you painted that. Well and, you know, just like recapping and thinking about all the juicy nuggets you just gave us, you know, it really starts like it, it starts with your mindset, you know, that resilience you talked about, that belief system, the self-talk that you did, you know, in the beginning. And, you know, also what I heard is that perseverance that you have, like not giving up. Because I think it's really easy to like in the, the rank to be knocked down and just stay, just stay down. You know, and that's when you have that victim mentality, and that things are done to you rather than, you know, with you or for you where you can do something about it. And then also surrounding yourself with, you know, people in your life that lift you up, having good role models, practice, 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 act as if, use that body language and the way that you dress and then experiment and not be afraid to quote unquote fail. Cause I I don't believe, I don't know about you, but I don't believe there's such thing as failure. I only believe as that being experience and learning from that.
1: Oh, yeah. It, it's very much a learning experience. And uh, these dating apps, which I tried many of the dating apps. To yeah. me, those are, those are beta testing. Those are samples. Those are tries. Those are uh, uh, ways to learn how to date again. Uh, the thing is to get off the apps. And a lot of people are stuck on the apps forever. Mm-hmm. They, they think that's dating. Get off the apps and into the real world and try to really practice in the real world. Um, I think there's a lot of damage right now with people not having the experience. That's right. They're they're, they're dating virtually, but not dating real. And I try to encourage people to get off the darn apps and go have a real dinner with somebody. Then you have something to coach. Then you have something to practice. So um, that's a big shift in our society today, I think, when it comes to learning these skills we're talking about. Yes. Is that that's a huge step now to get off the app. And that takes confidence in itself. So now I finally get to reveal my real self off the app. Um, So everything you just capsulize is perfect. For those that are stuck in that pattern, I would really encourage you to say, you know what, uh, step out and show the real you.
0: Mm, I love it. I was just going to ask for your parting words of wisdom, but you just kind of gave it to me. <laughs> so <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, Rich, is there, you know, do you want to just share how people can find you? And I mean, you offer so many valuable things and, and the way that you paint things and coach like this isn't just about dating. I mean, these are life skills that you're teaching people.
1: Yeah, they really are. Um, my my whole mission is to help you defy the odds in life, leadership and public speaking. Those are my three arenas. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. They do overlap. Uh, you can find me at net. Um, check out my YouTube channel. You'll find those through my my.net location. Uh, and again, I travel, I speak I keynote and I, I love just to serve and help people. Uh, just like you're helping people with the love. Um, I'm doing it in my own arena and it's great to have fun doing it.
0: That's great. And I'm glad you're standing up in your own arena not knocked down. So thank you so much, Rich. It was great to connect with you. And this has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, of course, you can go to my site, seltzerstyle.com. And if you want to learn how to have the courage, defy the odds, and be a leader in your love life, then hop on a free breakthrough call with sign up. You'll see the link in the show description and I'll help you map out a plan and stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.